Roots Report, statistically overplaying this bit. I'm Patrick. I'm Major. And I'm Tom. What are we going to talk about today, Patrick? Well, I'd love to talk about natural gas. You know, it's making us all money. Then we're going to be following up on the two-year treasury yield. <clears throat> and you know, some people say a picture is worth a thousand words. We're also going to go over $35 insulin and Silvergate, as well as the third largest oil producer. Third. Oh my gosh, yeah. guys, it was a five-finger typo. I don't know why you need to bring it into the podcast. What's up, D guys? D is nowhere near T or H on the keyboard, Major. It wasn't a typo. I, that was near, a, a near, my, lap. near my other hand, hey. hey mini my, stroke. You might have to go to the hospital. You could say it's a mini keystroke. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so so it's not a funny joke. It's a terrible fun. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. What a week. It's good to be back. Uh, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast. You can be listening to anything right now. Right now, mm -hmm. you could be getting terrible advice from Jim Cramer, but you're not. You're listening to us, and we really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Um, shout out to, also, uh, Kathy Woods, um, who, oh, I say shout out to Kathy Woods. I, just because I, I want to say hi to her. But I tweeted out earlier this week um, that Sark, that's short arc, S-A-R-K, Sark ETF, uh, is looking pretty interesting right now. Uh, also, S Jim, but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, why don't we uh, start off with a uh, Nat Gas? I know we're all feeling bubbly from all this boiling that we've been doing. Ho 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 ho! Yeah, so we've been talking about it for a while. Um, KOLD that I think uh, short natural gas was uh, something that we rode on the the downside, um, but now we're actually kind of flipping to some puts on that as well as. Uh, looking at boil as it's starting to pick up some steam. Uh, now we were riding cold is an inverse ETF. So we were riding natural gas to the downside. We rode cold up. Uh, let's see. I think it was like 11 peak to like 80, 79, something like that. Right. Gorgeous. I got like high seventies. Mm -hmm. I was pretty happy about it. Um, yeah. um but then, yeah, fr from, from then, right. Uh, just natural gas has had just quite a fall. Uh, and I'm just really glad that you guys have like been able to be there for, for this with us. Cause it's really been just quite a downfall since we were up at that seven, $8 range. It was quite a fall for natural gas, but I'm ready for the spring. Yes. How, so how are we going to play this back up? What are we doing, uh, in natural gas? Um, Patrick, what are you, what, so, what's happening? Uh, yeah, I, uh. I called this out actually in our Discord <clears throat> uh, right after I sold my Disney puts, timed the bottom on two of them. Yeah, it was very nice. Good plays, good plays. Um, but yeah, I looked into it, and so this time last year, actually, we still have more storage than we usually do. It's at uh, <clears throat> 2 trillion cubic feet, which is 400 billion cubic feet more than last year. Um, but... On, I think it was like February 20-something, <clears throat> it was headed to $1 uh, per million BTUs. And so that's pretty low. A lot of people didn't even think it would get that low. And it just barely touched it. It was sub two for like a day. And so it was 190 And now, here we are a couple weeks later. It's back up to $3 a per three dollars per million BTUs and uh oil has gone from four fifty to I think it closed at almost eight today. So we've been doing pretty good. Just fantastic, yeah. right? And you know, for the for the listeners who are in our Discord, you saw that last Friday, we're recording it this Friday on March third, so last Friday, February twenty fourth, right? I liked what I was seeing in natural gas, liked what I was seeing in boil, right? Obviously I had started my Boil position, well, I feel like probably maybe a week or two too early. I was very, very proud of of how I played cold, right? All the way up from 11 uh, to the high 70s, right? With, with commons and options. I was really, really happy about that. You know, securing profit along the way up. Nice. Maybe. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. And, you know, nice, nice to all you guys as well. I, it's, I appreciate it. It's really nice whenever you really see something play out the way you wanted it, you know? Uh, absolutely. And I right. could have done it without the community, right? Because, you know, I'm more of a fundamental uh, analyst, right? So I can look at 
the words i can look at like the black ink on, on the white paper right and be like hey this seems off right this seems like a, a money-making opportunity but it's really the community who is able to see the the blue and the or the blue sorry uh the green uh the greens the and the reds the greens and the reds right my sorry my yeah. resistance and support lines are blue uh that's sounds like a chart right uh so they were able to look at the greens and the and the reds to help me create some blues uh for this this trade um, so that's been, been pretty great. Not that you've been blue about this trade. Uh, anything, <laughs> anything but blue at all. Uh, I just want to give a, speaking of blue, give a shout out to my boy, Jimmy Chill, whom uh, a Jimmy month Chill. ago, right back in February, check it on YouTube. You can watch him say it, right? Uh, call the bottom in the natural gas um, market with a quote unquote violent retest down to 350, which uh, as Patrick just went over, was clearly not even close to the bottom, right? Uh, and if you go back to, what, I guess the podcast three or four episodes ago, right? You'll hear me actually call him out because, you know, I love watching this guy uh, lie to people in real time. Um, and, I, you know, I went straight to the podcast and I was like, guys, this is dumb. This is bullshit. This is not what the technical analysis is saying at all. Yeah. Right? That was actually probably, what, a, a late December, early January podcast? That probably wasn't that long ago. Yeah, no, yeah, it was, yeah, it was twenty. It was within the cold cycle, so within the last quarter. Yeah, the cold cycle. I like it. Uh, now we're heating up with boil, um, so that's pretty great. Well, actually, Tom, uh, any any thoughts you would like to add to this? Yeah, just uh, don't um, disregard those leveraged ETFs. Um, there's a lot of power both in shorting the inverse and longing the regularly leveraged ETF. Hot it's, damn, um, Tom. That's a good point, right? Because yeah. if what does it matter if I go long <clears throat> in an inverse or if I go short in a in a long ETF, right? Like my investment thesis is still the same, right? So that's when you know you need to go to those people who know how to trade and, and understand the nuances, right? And you can look <laughs> at options and you say, hey, yeah. So like natural gas is go is is most likely going to go up right from its lows here so yeah a etf with a leveraged long right like maybe times two or times three sounds really good but if you're really greedy if you're really trying to make some money right then you can take advantage of the inverse long etf right the short natural gas etfs that have pumped from natural gas uh dropping like a rock right so natural gas drops uh inverse etfs go up Right? And you just short the fuck out of them. Oh, sorry. Just dropped my first one. <laughs> uh, trying to do a little bit more um, to get Joe Biden on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. I just can't say uh, his name. Uh, so, oh, guys, yeah. that's that's what... And then, Tom, you just did both, didn't you? You did. You went long yeah. oil and short cold, right? You. Yeah, so I was um, at the I, you first half of this week, um, I was very, very short cold. And secured some profits in there and actually bought some Boyle shares, uh, which that I'm kind of just going to be sitting on until we get into the later summer months. Um, we'll, we'll see kind of what we can do with that at a later point. But that's just kind of to do something with the profit and then repurchased um, some Boyle calls and um, a couple more cold puts um, for later next week and the week after. So still, still kicking it out two or three weeks at a time, but, you know. Awesome. Yeah, actually, on both sides of the aisle. I did a similar thing, um, but as we went over before the podcast, actually my dates were longer than yours. And so on a longer time frame, those inverse ETFs and those ETFs in general, they tend to lose value. Like if you look at the yeah. like year over year returns on boil or cold, I mean, like, because they've split so much and stuff, uh, I think like back 10 years ago it was worth a thousand dollars or some shit mm-hmm. um and so on a longer time frame if you buy long-term puts then they adjust for that it's expected to lose value so those actually aren't quite as good of a buy as a longer term call no absolutely uh, i agree with that right <laughs> if you're looking at like boil for instance um if you yeah. just go back 10 years right 10 years is a good time frame um after you adjust for splits, you're looking at a starting share price of $7,946, right? Yeah, Jesus. Basically 8K. Uh, and mm. today, uh, you're, you know, you're $8. down to $8, right? Yeah. Right. Um, 
there are periods of time, right, with this leverage ETF, right, where a starting 10K position, right, could be down to 7,500 and then jump mm-hmm. up to 1250, right? So a good right. 36% gain. Um, yeah. But then after that, you know, if you don't play these ETFs right, they're just going to like just like just lose money out the ass. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not a long term play and that's not what they're for. They're an instrument specifically for short term short term exposure. Yeah. Yeah. On a specific commodity. Now you can gain the system, right? Because, yeah, these leveraged ETFs, what Patrick was talking about, how over time, the longer the time frame, the more they become disassociated with the the target right now yeah. because they're looking for one per one times or two times or three times the daily return right, right. so that that that's, tends to to reset on a daily basis uh yeah. which is which is why but if we have long spurts of natural gas going up right then you know this compounding interest is going to help you a lot right yeah if we spend the next six months natural gas going up <laughs> one day and down the next day right then then we've just basically thrown away money giving it to wells fargo whoever's Right, these options. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way you think. Yeah, and so I did both actually because cold puts were a little bit of a safer play with uh, some boil calls. Most of the money was in boil calls, but I wanted to see how it moved over a longer period of time as well. Did you like mm-hmm. how it moved? And uh, both were good. Yeah, and that's what we talked about. My, my cold puts are a much last. shorter time frame right now than my boil calls are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, yeah. Let that boil ride, right? Like, Natural gas, oh, yeah. like baby, we're gonna uh, twenty twenty. Europe's gonna need so. Uh, don't quote me no, on the I stat. Haven't sold anything since. You haven't secured any profit. Good, right? Just no. let, let, let it ride, right? You ain't got no time frame. So well, that's the difference between with like longer term in the money options and shorter term because they re- retain the intrinsic value at least. Yeah. So like at this point, as long as it doesn't go re- revert back completely, like it was. I can't lose money, right? Because it's already in the in the money further than what I paid for the option. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you bought so well, right? Which thanks to shout out to RSI. Hey, yeah, yeah, great job, Patrick. Good, good on that. Yeah, couldn't have done it without you though, Major. Oh, I couldn't have done it without you guys, right? Like the only reason, uh, um, the only reason uh, I'm grinding, uh, looking for uh, the, uh, these opportunities, right, <laughs> is is for the Discord, uh, and. Yeah. You know, sub- subsequently, so I can brag about it on the podcast. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's all, it's a circle of life, you know. Isn't it? It's right? It's a, you can almost call it a, a cycle, right? <gasps> oh. Like a cold cycle. Like a cold cycle. Or a natural gas Whoa. cycle. Um, you know what's not cycling, though, is the U.S. two-year treasury yield, right? So I just wanted to give a little follow-up from last week as well. If you guys haven't heard um, last week's episode... Um, Truly, I don't know. I thought it was a really good one. Uh, coming off of the high from episode 69, uh, which is our most watched episode now. So that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but so I it was talking be, uh... about the two year treasury, right? And due to when we recorded last episode, we were at this awkward point where we were either going to double top or we were just making a stop before we kept going higher, right? Um, and it turns out it was the latter. We were just making a quick stop before we uh, tried to find a new top, right? So last week I talked about historically the stock market doesn't bottom until we've met two conditions, right? The U.S. enters a recession and the U.S. two-year y- uh, yield peaks, right? And you get bonus points of the, the 10-year peaks as well. Now, the reason why this isn't like a free money tree and you're not taught this. Well, you're not taught this in the fifth grade because the U.S. education system sucks, right? A squared plus B squared equals C squared. But good luck trying to do your taxes. Um, (laughs) The reason why this isn't a free money tree is because, one, right, the U.S. doesn't call recessions until after they've already started. Right. So, you know, it's like, oh, two consecutive quarters. And then, you know, we found out last year, like that might not even like be enough. There's a lot (laughs) of economic conditions. But, like, it's always like, oh, hey, you know, six months ago, that's the start of the recession right there. By the so, way, guys. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's your first bullet point, right? You're like, <laughs> first condition, U.S. enters a recession. Too bad the U.S. doesn't call a recession until you're balls deep in the middle of it. Right <laughs> now, the, the second one, uh, the, your, the, the U.S. to your treasury, right? Now, as any short seller will tell you, it's as easy to guess the top as it is to guess the bottom. Right, like all the long sellers are like, oh man, I want to buy the bottom. All the top sellers are like, oh, I want to buy the top. Right? It's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard to buy either. Right? So like, everyone thought the two year peaked back in November fourth. Right? And then we just saw this 
amazing rally in January, right? Like uh, the, the right. two year fell, right? So from like four point eight eight whatever to basically almost almost four percent, right? And then we've rallied back, breaking that to like four point nine. Uh, Do you almost think 5%. we're going to five plus? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, no, I'm not sure of anything. Uh, I'm sure we have reached a new peak in the two year treasury for this cycle. So historic. So based on historical data. Right, which is you know generally pretty reliable, uh, although not so much this year or last year this cycle. <laughs> um, fucking trend lines and hearts have been broken this cycle, right? But like with yes. the two-year peaking or two-year at least being no higher way. than it was in November, right? I, I can only imagine based on the historical data that we have not seen the bottom yet. Thirty-three hundred, three thousand in the SPX. Let's go. What do you guys think? You think? You, you think, think thirty-three hundred on the SPX? I mean, that's what like a lot of people are calling for. Right. That's what a lot of like, you know, people from the fundamental and the technical side uh, of things, because I think I think both are very important uh, in this crazy market with all the cash sitting on the sideline. Actually, there was a lot of cash sitting on the sideline after the I don't think there is anymore. After the dumbass rally we saw in January and beginning of that got a lot of people to bite, I think, which is that means that the real bottom can happen. That's right. Now that that cash is now that all those real suckers who missed out on all the pain in 2022 thinking they were holier than thou buying in in 2023. Let's so maybe then some some big put no more like just buy the bottom. That's the that's the way to do it. You can only do puts like that uh, short term, right? So you have to be yeah. every day checking it. If you're a day trader, you know, yeah. you do you. But it's more like whenever you notice that the drop is actually happening, you just buy puts. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. You, UVX long, maybe. I don't know. That's a big waste of money. Uh, the VIX yeah, is... That's a tough one. But, you know, what's not a waste of money is buying insulin, right? Very, very important... <laughs> uh life-saving medicine could be if you didn't have diabetes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well not anymore i've got good news what what's hmm. the news? eli lily cuts it down to 35 dollars a month 35 a month yeah that's crazy right like this wow. started this started as it a was, troll tweet yeah right a like, couple yeah, hundred or thousand at least so as a stock podcast i want to ask is now the time to sell eli lily are they gonna like tank because of this because you know investors they'd only care about profits there's no morality at at all and so the company would never do this regularly but it really doesn't have anything to do with profits or or well it doesn't have anything to do with them trying to get more profits or altruism it's only to do with uh the fact that there's actually other competitors entering the field and a lot of political pressure. Yeah. So it's not generally bad, but still, they're gonna their profits are gonna be lower next quarter. It, it definitely that, will. It, it, it'll reflect, I think, whenever they report earnings. But they might get a short-term small bounce because of the morality bit. Yeah. ESG is a yeah dumb ESG. thing. Yeah. It is dumb. Um, but. It will be nice not to hear about like eighteen year olds dying because they can't afford seven hundred dollars a month for insulin or whatever crazy amount they were charging. Yeah, an ungodly amount, that's for sure. Yeah, so it was um, a guy I went to high school with. His parents here because it's not covered um, under the Canadian like free healthcare, or at least it wasn't in high school. I don't know if it is yet, but um, his parents had to like take a second mortgage out on their home just to pay. Yeah, that's fucked up. It is fucked, yeah. And yeah, like that's some so American story the, bullshit. Yeah, uh, it's so stupid because the inventors, like who discovered how to synthesize insulin like that, and sold it, sold the patent for three dollars intentionally to a uh, university so that it would be cheap and universally accessible. But then Eli Lilly actually was one of the people who bought the rights to manufacture it and then fucked everything up. Closed it up, yeah. Didn't yeah. make it accessible to anybody. Wow. The the most infuriating, like, juiciest part. Of that there, story. there is problems with capitalism. Yeah, that happens. I like all the. I love reading those heartwarming tales of like everybody saving up money and doing a donation for somebody's like cancer treatment or something. <laughs> it's like that's a nightmare tale. That's a, that's a nightmare of capitalism. Is that uh these five-year-olds 
have to run a private fundraiser to survive. And yeah. you know, they're not going to know how to pay the taxes on that. So they're going to get hit <laughs> yeah. back in by the IRS. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, what really pisses me off, like all these politicians. Were you a registered charitable organization? No, <laughs> no, I am not Scientology. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. for like the last 10, 20, 30 years of my life, right? I've been hearing these politicians talk about uh healthcare is too expensive right but like you know yeah. how do we but get the cost of, how do we get the cost of healthcare down right and you know the the single payer and whatever <laughs> guys maybe says the only country that has this problem <laughs> exactly maybe if we didn't yeah. fucking let people like the hospitals charge 70 dollars for a band-aid then insurance wouldn't be some ungodly amount to cover the 70 dollar band-aid yeah. Right, like, like we're only yeah. like this is only a problem because we let it be a problem to distract us from the actual problem, which is the black book that the hospitals have. Right, every hospital yeah. has a black book where you know it's the input cost versus the output cost. Right, and I'll tell you right now, yeah. like saline is like water and it's salt water, bro. Like get the fuck out of here. It's like yeah. two cents to make. Right, yeah, that bag yeah. an extra cent. All right, and now my my ins- they're gonna charge like three hundred dollars to come up to an IV. Right? Yeah. Bitch, uh, there's Gatorade. I live well, in Florida. We got Gatorade like right here. of schooling for the nurse to be able to put that needle in your IV properly. <laughs> yeah. So you got to pay for like at least a one hundredth of her education major. She's only going to do a hundred of those? <laughs> well, <laughs> just that's just what we assume. I, my senior year of college, I watched and like eight, I swear, eight nursing students all sit together in a room with their laptop sharing answers for their final exams so they could graduate nursing school. Okay? So, like, these healthcare professionals aren't... I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, I have friends. I grew up with people who are doctors now. They're dumbasses. <laughs> right? I went to school with people uh, who, who are nurses now. They're cokeheads. Right? Like, I don't know. That, that might be the exact person I want to find the vein in my arm. I don't know. Right? Maybe it's exactly who I was <laughs> yeah, counting out my prescription. I don't know, right? Uh, yeah. But wouldn't that be funny? Like, like I was thinking about the other day, like, the most successful of all my friends are had, like, the biggest Coke problems back in college. And I was like, wait a second. Dude, is the government, is, is everything just, is everyone just lying to us? Are drugs actually awesome? And they're just like, no, drugs are bad. Don't take drugs, you know, because they're, yeah. they're performance enhancing. Well, Walter Barack Obama yeah. over here, like, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't take drugs, so I can take drugs, and they're cheaper because there's a less demand, right? And I'm also <laughs> outperforming you. That's what it is. They're just selfish for all the drugs. I don't know. Wouldn't that be... I mean, like, if the CIA created crack cocaine, wouldn't that be funny if they were still the main distributor? Like, <laughs> the, CIA, <laughs> yeah. the CIA was just making billions of dollars a year selling crack cocaine in America. You never know, man. Jesus Yeah, I wouldn't Christ. put it past them. I mean, yeah. the Pentagon can't find, like, $5 trillion, but I gotta pay taxes this year? Go fuck yourself. How about I spend a month, instead of paying, like, doing my taxes, I'll spend a month... Can't find $5 trillion? And, and, and Pentagon... Uh, yeah, I'll go to the Pentagon yeah, and I'll look for it. They probably just have like one trillion in each of the points of the building. No, guys. You, oh, that's, that's actually pretty fucking funny. <laughs> this is the next National Treasure movie. <laughs> Find the five trillion dollars that the DOA. It's not cash, guys. <laughs> I mean, like, someone's like laughing at this, but like, I've already, like, by the time you're hearing this podcast, I've already tweeted out at Nicolas Cage uh, pitching <laughs> uh, National Treasure 3 to yeah. search for the five trillion dollars the Pentagon's missing. <laughs> yeah. It would just be Nicholas Cage, like old typing on the computer, trying to find it. Uh, <laughs> except Nicholas Cage doesn't age. That that joke would have worked for any other actor except Keanu Reeves and Nicholas Cage. Okay, okay. He just doesn't age because he's a vampire. Now, now sorry, just, Nick. Now I'm just having fun with the internet. Yeah, you apologize to Nick who owns a castle. Also, if you stole his comic books, thanks for listening to this podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe, leave a five-star review, and then return this the, return those damn comics to Nicolas Cage. He's an American hero, unless he's Canadian. In that case, he's a godsend from the North. <laughs> uh, speaking of the North, uh, that's a terrible transition. Um, choo-choo. Oh, no, that's a terrible transition, too. I don't talk about East Palestine. Speaking of people losing things, uh, did you know that Silvergate lost $8.2 billion? Well, what are they partnered with FTX? FTX? Who are they? The Pentagon? <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Dave, 
they've recently reported uh, their fourth quarter earnings and they uh, posted a loss of $1 billion and also slashed their headcount by 40% in an effort to cut costs. Why were they cutting people's off heads off? Well, <laughs> because then you don't have to employ them, obviously. That's like the, uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, exactly. Oh, speaking uh, of but improving real th- fast, I just want to correct myself. The Pentagon has misplaced two point three trillion. Two plus. Oh, oh well, that's uh, nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Wow. Only half. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to get you involved. Hey, it's probably under the couch cushions. National yeah. treasure. National treasure. Two point <laughs> five. Pennies. That's a Lion King reference. <laughs> that's <for three>. <laughs> but. On the announcement of uh, the billion dollars of posted losses and reducing their workforce by 40%, um, Silvergate's shares plunged to a record low of 680. Yeah. And this has erased over 200 million of their market capitalization. For those of you who don't know, uh, Silvergate's like a the primary funder for a lot of the leverage use in the crypto space right now. If they're hemorrhaging money left, right, and center, there's going to be a lot of less access to crypto leverage in the future, unless things kind of recover here. Yeah, they're the. Uh, they're a Another way to say that is that, or someone else needs down. to provide the money. Like yeah. it, it won't be Silvergate anymore. They're not. In other words, people can't afford as much crypto if you don't have access to that leverage. What I think this is going to do, actually, though, um, for those crypto savvy individuals, um, if you are sitting on a little bit. You might want to start loaning it out because I think the interest rates on the actual loans that you can facilitate on some exchanges may go up pretty nicely because one of the large players has stepped down mm, or right. like re- reduced their total amount. Yeah, less lent out. I like that vague general not financial advice. My question is, though, depending on if you're a Bitcoin maximalist uh, or in a Bitcoin or crypto community, right? If everyone just held on to their Bitcoin, right, then would that drive the price up kind of like, uh, you know, uh, supply and demand issue, right? Like now that supply of Bitcoin is going yeah, down but because of silver. As a small fish individual, if you had the opportunity to loan out some of your cryptocurrency and generate a little bit of interest, yeah. similar to like what a savings account would be, wouldn't that be pretty nice? That would be. And I'm sure everyone's kind of noticed over the last year or two that now your savings accounts are paying maybe a little bit more, right? I have not, but... Okay. What's a savings account? Robinhood? Yeah, Robinhood's gone from like... 2%, 0% 2%, interest, like 4 to 4.25 or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. do it, but I get the notifications for it. Yeah. They so send me those notifications. It, it's interesting. You're, you're getting paid more money right now to hold your money. And the same exact thing is kind of happening for a very different reason, I think, in the crypto market. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like if you look at the 70s bank accounts during that massive run up to 20% Fed rate lending uh it was like you get to hold your money in the bank for like 10 12 percent a year yeah sweet. we've talked about it on the podcast before well inflation was 20 percent so still, yeah but like still losing money overall like that's still yeah decent. like how sweet is that like yeah you yeah. to get 10 percent today and on your money you have to gamble it with a risk asset like the s&p 500 right uh mm-hmm. over a five ten year period to get that kind of like an average annual return um, but I read something, you know, an, an interesting point on Twitter uh, earlier this week, right? When I'm talking about how cash is king. And someone was like, what? Uh, inflation's at a 40-year high. What do you mean cash is king? And he was responding, I mean, like, yeah, I've looked at my 401k the last two years and it's down. If it was all cash, it would at least be, like, flat, yeah. you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. touche. Like, that's not buying power. That's dollar amount, right? So, like, that's not exactly. Yeah. But it's Twitter. So how nuanced of a conversation are you really trying to have? Right, you need to yeah, go to our yeah. Discord to have a nuanced conversation about the financial <laughs> markets. Uh, we have a free one That's and true. a premium one. Uh, link will be in the Discord or in the description down below. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the most uh, startling things, right, from all the the fun facts and the stats you, you pointed out, right, is that they, they reported that they might not be able to operate for an additional twelve months. Oof, that's right? So it's it's one thing for it to. That's going to have a direct impact. That's probably why. Crypto has fallen over the last couple of days because I noticed Ethereum was down a lot yesterday. So right, interesting. So a yeah. lot, yeah, a lot of speculation. While like the timing wise wasn't a direct quote unquote trigger, 
right? If you, yeah. if but it just so happens that the markets are also kind of turning around right at this point too. Which I, was is... just, I was gonna say if you account, well, if you account for Asia waking up in the morning, right, and then seeing the news, <laughs> yeah. then you get the sell off, right? But uh, if you look at like the S and P five hundred, right, we've gone from thirty nine twenty to well, almost four thousand, right, in two days, and yet in the same two days, Bitcoin once it fell, right, is staying relatively flat around twenty two k. Right, twenty twenty two and, and wherever change it is. So it's interesting to see like the market rebound like almost three percent and Bitcoin stay relatively flat uh based on this news. Mm-hmm. Uh also, uh real fast, I'm just gonna add this to the, the pipeline uh real quickly because I know Tom, you're you're a big fan. We've talked about Ford before. Uh Ford yeah. uh, recently it's come out that Ford has filed a patent uh for its automated automated vehicles for them oh, to nice. Uh, no, for them to auto repossess themselves if you miss a payment. <laughs> that sounds like a Ford thing to do, right? So, like, you have an you have an auto, you have an autonomous EV in the future, and you, you it just like backs you out of your driveway. Yeah, it because just you're, drives away, bro. It bounces. Did you wake up in the morning? You have to go to work because you need to work so you can fucking make money so you can make a it, car payment. It wouldn't even hit your sound when it turns it, on because your it's car's probably gone. electric. So it'll yeah. probably just like keep the headlights off and just like ghost mode. <laughs> Out. Yeah, dude. Can you imagine the country music they're gonna make about their car, their trucks leaving them? <laughs> <laughs> my wife left me. She took the dog. Next week, Elon took my car. <laughs> yeah, my truck drove down. Uh, so Ford yeah. got some major backlash from this for good fucking reason, right? So additionally, with the patent, yeah. right? Like it was also like you know delayed payments or or you know they had like other things, but like. They were gonna like slowly like remove functionality. Like you know, yeah. if you were delinquent, they were gonna repossess your car. If you're late on a payment, uh, they were gonna take your AC away. Yeah. Like what I, the actual fuck? So here's my thing, right? So let's get pissed off about that as a consumer, right? Like I, fuck, fuck for it. But two, that's tough. Here's yeah. my here's my next thing. Here's what you really should get pissed off about, right? Like, all right, you fuckheads, if you're gonna file a patent for this, where's the patent for uh? autonomous servicing of my vehicles or, or, right. or servicing of my autonomous vehicles, right? I want to go to bed. All right, I need uh, some headlights. Or, if, if you're or... going to penalize me with it, you may as well give me some benefit with it too. Uh, right? you know, like if, yeah. if I need like a, if my check engine light comes on, like whenever I go to bed that night, it should just like drive into the shop for me and like 100%. be there to get repaired. And I come back whenever it's good. Right. That would be so awesome. Obviously no, no. like, I don't know, maybe send me a text. Like your car is getting repaired. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, this would definitely be like a premium service, not not for like you know. Uh, you now know, th- th- this regulars. is a very uh, futuristic t- talk here, but it, you're basically not in control of your asset as your car. Yeah. Uh, so you this know? is all right. So there's two parts of this run, right? Like so, yes. One, watch out, right? Like people are sleeping on the grossness of, of capitalism. Like that's really happening. Like I, I'm not sure if it's yeah. Jamie Diamond, right? But like one of those Jamie Diamond heads, right? Last year. Was talking about how like in the future, like twenty thirty, like like the future, you're not going to own anything, right? It's all yeah. subscription based, right? Yeah. Like, if you think about it, if China life life with an EMP tomorrow, right? Like, what the fuck are you going to watch? All of your media content is digital, right? You're not going to be able to watch anything. And you like, what happens when Americans can't watch anything? When our electronics don't work, that's that's when we throw overthrow the government. Dude, we're gonna, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what I was going to say is that it was it's bullshit because like they were planning on charging you a subscription for like your heated seats. Like that does not cost them money to maintain, so it should be part of the fucking car that I bought. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. Charge uh, me if it's going to be a part of the car that I bought, right? If you're going to put the technology in for heated seats, charge me for that, but not a yeah. subscription fee, right? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, don't nickel and dime me, bro. Like we saw in the gaming industry, right? Loot boxes do not work, right? And when my fucking loot box is my AC or my turn signal, bro, I will drive this car straight into the dealership. Tesla, you are so lucky you don't have any, right? But like, <laughs> so like, yeah, what the fuck? What the actual fuck for? Like, I'll tell you right now, like, and I tweeted at, uh, I tweeted at Ford, right? And I was like, yo, fuck you. Like, what the actual fuck? And then, like, you know, I retweeted and I tagged Elon. I was like, Tesla, like, like jump on this fucking shit. I will jump ship right now. And I know I'm speaking on behalf of, Let's say three out of five consumers here, right? Like you would seriously consider switching or you would switch over to a different car 
that you'd never had to service. If I could go to bed at 10 o'clock, right? And it's like, you know, you need to get your, your head headlight fluid replaced, right? And I go to bed at 10 o'clock and my fucking That's Tesla like blacks, well, you backs out of the driveway, drives to the Tesla dealership, right? Some guy there. They fill those headlights up They for fill you. those headlights up and then drives back and I wake up in the morning, my fucking car. It's, it's good to go. Dude, not only am my car doing better, but like you have now created new jobs, right? Because mm-hmm. you're working overnight, right? Right? And then you've reduced the service wait time for daylight hours, right? Because right. like, dude, last time I got my oil change, and I know this is like a, you know, a, a IBM? No, I don't think IBM. I think that's like a valve issue. Uh, ICE. There you go. Yeah. Whatever these three letters are. ICE. Right? This is not uh, a combustible in- engine problem. <laughs> IBM. IBM is the computers, not your no. syndrome. Oh, what's your? Oh, IBS is your about. That's what I was thinking of. IBS. Uh, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Fucking waiting three hours to get my damn oil changed. Right. Yeah. Uh, so to yeah. be able to like fall asleep, oh, dude, and like let's expand it. Even like do... go to work and like yeah. your. Well, I was gonna say let's do car washes. Let's do car washes, right? Yeah. And then let's say I'm yeah. off today, right? Like instead of on my off day making money by being an Uber driver, what if I rented my car to Uber, right? So like right. this, when I was talking, like the one percent like doesn't want you to that. fucking own anything in the future. Like this is why, right? So like. When you need to go somewhere, you're not going to own a car in 20 years, right? You're going to call an Uber and, and, uh, it's just going to be a, a bunch a, of a per- driving around. A personless like, car. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully there'll be more competition. Hopefully there'll be a bunch of Lucid's driving around. No, I'm kidding. Uh, check out the Lucid earnings report. Um, pretty, pretty <laughs> interesting. But yeah, so that's, that, that was my little spiel about Ford. Kind of took a little bit longer than I thought I would. But, uh, so how long? With all these electric cars and autonomous vehicles coming, how long do you think that our third largest producing state is going to maintain their spot for oil production? Mm, that's a good question. I would say... Yeah, it'll always be third, but it'll be less. I would say it'd be <laughs> north of South Dakota. Would it? <laughs> how north, though? We're not talking about Manitoba, are we? No. Somewhere. No, that sounds gross and... Canadian. <laughs> stay uh, out of Canada. Hey, hey, Super Pigs, you stay out of America. You're a Super Pig. That's what your uh, fiancé told me. So are you saying that the third largest oil producer in the U.S. is North Dakota? It is North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's ironic because it's so cold up in North Dakota, they probably make typos all the time when they're typing stuff out because they're shivering with those gloves yeah you know, oh yeah yeah they're, they're typing in their little offices with the gloves <laughs> the mittens <laughs> probably buying it from patagonia since you know they're the earth is their sole shareholder now they're probably contributing uh-huh. and giving it yeah do we get a discount now that we're all shareholders uh only when you die so if you die you become back you go There's back to the discount. earth and then someone mm. trades in your name and a dead trust. Is that insider trading? No. <laughs> no, that's a bad joke. That's a stupid, terrible joke. Oh, which is actually stupid, terrible jokes. That's an excellent uh, segue uh, into our, our main discussion. And like, that's discussion is doing some heavy lifting there. Okay. I got <laughs> guys. I need to apologize to a community, specifically the bond community, the James, James bond, bond community. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I got a little carried away a few episodes ago, uh, and let's just say they did not enjoy the puns as much as we did, guys. I received a couple of death threats via hats, right? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but I told them all to go fuck themselves because I had no time to die. Threatening okay. someone with a hat is a pretty odd job. Ah! <laughs> Honestly, man, who throws the shoe? I just knocked off my web camera. Okay, we'll just continue on. Uh, all right, that was the last one. I, I just had had to get that out of, out of the system. Um, but I just want to say thanks for, for sticking around, for all the listeners who have come back after that. And for those who enjoy pun, uh, puns and financial facts about bonds, uh, last episode, two episodes ago, right? Um you know, check out the title. It talks about bonds, right? There is maybe 15 bond puns in there. A lot of bond movies out there. A lot of bond puns. I still can't wait for a bond age fund. Uh, hey, don't worry. We'll, oh, we'll go public one day, one day buddy. One day. Don't, you, do that. don't you worry. Uh, but I, w- I wanted to talk 
a little bit more about Bonds. And I'm, I'm trying to keep Bonds interesting because Bonds are so boring. Or at least they were, right? Bonds were considered usually a safe uh, asset, right? They were like considered defensive, whereas equities, right, were, were risk assets, right? And you're doing risk on and risk off. But here's my thing, guys. The debt ceiling. People, are we forgetting about the debt ceiling that we hit, you know, a couple months ago, right? And then we had to do some uh, accounting tricks, quote unquote, or whatever Janet Yellen used to uh, basically kind of fudge the numbers to get us through the middle of summer, right? The middle of June. Um, here's my thing, though, right? To raise the, the debt ceiling, you need uh, Congress to, to cooperate, right? And I'm just worried about this Congress, right? We've had contemptuous Congresses before, right? Democrats, Republicans haven't been fans of each other for, geez, as long as I can remember, and then a, a couple hundred years past that, right? But Major is actually a vampire. It's never taken 15 votes to elect a Speaker of the House before, right? And then caveat on top of that, right? They were held hostage by their own party. It wasn't even like a Democrat versus Republican. It was a Democrat versus Republican versus a Freedom Caucus, right? Which is Trump Republica, right? So this is worrisome for me, right? Bonds are usually safer assets or are considered to be safer. But when you've got a debt ceiling that we've reached, right? And like Mama Yellen is right now just calling up Bernie Madoff and trying to trying to fi find out how to how to shift the numbers to get us through through the summertime, right? Now, to give us a quick history lesson, the last time the United States had a credit rating lowered was in August of 2011, when the S&P, Standard & Poor's, downgraded the U.S. credit rating from AAA to AA+, right? And that was over the debt ceiling, right? That was solved in the 11th hour, right? At the very last moment, we didn't even, like, hit the debt ceiling. We got it all solved, right? But we became so close to it that Standard & Poor's decided to downgrade us anyway, Right, that'd be like if you're like, oh, your your Amex bills like due on the thirty first and the thirtieth came around. They were like, yeah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> there goes your credit score. Right, like, fair like, enough though. I mean, too risky. Yeah, right. Uh, luckily, yeah. luckily, Moody's. So Moody's kept us at a AAA. Right, and for all this wondering, we've been a AAA since the very beginning uh, of its inception in nineteen forty one. Okay, hmm. so guys, like, what happens when we hit the if the debt ceiling doesn't get raised? Right. Um, Analysts have speculated that the average 30-year mortgage is going to increase $130,000. Okay? Right? Like, and, and it's going to take the stock down what? the bonds. So, like, your your mortgage, like, if you were going to get a 30-year adjustable mortgage on a house, it was going to cost $600,000, right? If, yeah. If we didn't hit that debt ceiling, our credit rating would go down. Uh, interest would go up, right? Um. Oh, it would be the equivalent of like your your consumer buying a mortgage. I see Fine, what you mean. Seven, no, yeah. no. So yeah, yeah. So that six hundred thousand dollar mortgage return to seven hundred thirty thousand. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Money becomes more expensive, right? Because our credit is lower, right? Our, mm -hmm. But if um, you've locked in your mortgage, then you're that's good. yeah. So if you're locked in, yeah, a very different story. Uh, I know uh, a bunch of listeners now after hearing that have some questions. I know I had some questions, so I went ahead and, and dug a little bit deeper, right? Um, the Fed did not cut interest rates in the remaining months of 2011 following the downgrade. You're like, oh, like if our if America's credit rating gets cut, then maybe the Fed will intervene with some interest rate, you know, a little, little manipulation there. No, they didn't do any such luck in 2011. Uh, on August 4th, 2011, right, when, when tensions were high, when we were really worried about this, the S&P 500 dropped 4.78%, resulting in the worst day in the market since 2009, right? Hmm. Now, everyone remembers last year, we had several negative 5% day, days, right? That's the difference between mm -hmm. a bear market and just a, a shit day in the market, right? Um, and then on August 6th, Standard & Poor's cuts the rating from AAA down to AA+, right? And then on the following day, August 8th, right? The next day, the next trading day, stock markets close, the S&P 500 closes 6.66% down. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. The devil, the devil's number. <laughs> right. Uh, and That's because funny. stonks are going to stonk, catch this, yeah. right? The SP 500 while making a lower low in October, <laughs> right? So we cut in early August, right? We re little rebound, lower low in October. Bitch, we were up 12% by the end of the year. <laughs> Not bad. SP 500 up 12%. Stonks going to stonk, bro. 
Like, oh, yeah. for the first time. Um, Everyone bought the dip. Yeah, in 70 years, right? 1941 to 19 or to 2011, right? 70-ish years. Uh, America, perfect credit rating. We dropped up 12% from that. That's <laughs> just incredible, right? We have, you have rising interest rates that don't just affect equities and bond market uh, markets either, right? Mortgages are up too. That's actually so fucked. What the hell? That's actually dumb. Like, it, it, whenever you say it like that, that's actually so dumb to say. It's dumb on on first glance, right? But like once yeah, you realize like, like the stock market is forward looking and everyone on Wall Street is fueled I by guess. Coke and fentanyl, right? Here's the thing. People are like, <laughs> people are like oh, these markets are crazy. <clears throat> Guys, what you don't fucking realize is that uh, the drugs that Wall Street's been taking has been laced with fentanyl these last three years by China. You're like, why is the market up 3% <laughs> today and down 3% the next day? It's the fentanyl, China. Like, can you chill out with that, please? Um but the 30-year mortgage broke above 7%. Now, to put that in like real-world terms, right? If you look at a $400,000 home with 20% down, at 7%, there's a $230 increase per month on your mortgage right. from last from last month, right? It's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Like yesterday, if you bought a house, right? When I wrote this, when, when I was checking all the numbers on on March 2nd, right? February 2nd versus March 2nd, that same house, $400,000 would cost you an extra $230 a month in interest, right? From your, or, or, wow. and, and from your mortgage payment. Because we've talked about this before, and I think I brought it up then, is that this will in turn probably bring a housing crash. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's what's funny. Because people just pay less money per house because the rates go up. I'm trying to remember the stat I saw yesterday. All right, so this isn't the actual stat, but these are the numbers, right? Get the not the letter of the law, but the not the letter of the stat, but the spirit of the stat, right? Uh, a year ago, four, four a, a seventy thousand dollar household could afford could afford uh, a four hundred thousand dollar house uh, over a thirty year mortgage, right? Um, this year, right, as of like March first or second when the data was compiled, right, it would take a uh, hundred twenty thousand dollar annual household. Uh, to maintain the same payments for that four hundred thousand dollar house, right? Yeah. So the number that I kind of use, uh, just as like a general rule of thumb, is your yearly income times three point five is what you could like easily qualify for. Now, is this a metric or imperial? What? I'm joking. There's no units. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's that's the general rule of thumb of what you can really qualify for, knowing that you have a lot of other expenses and this should be about a third of your income per year. So it's going to take you like the better part of 20 something years to pay off. Or is that American or Canadian years? Um, it's actually <laughs> Swedish years. Swedish years? Yeah. yeah. Yo, Pat, Pat, years in Sweden. Patrick, you joke about that, but uh, I read a news article that. And it sucks because if you're living in Canada or America, that's zero years in Sweden, so you never pay it off. It's a trick. Gotcha. <laughs> that's what the big banker comes in. No one reads the fine print. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You want to read the fine print? I'll tell you the fine print. $230 a month towards, like, that's $2,760 a year. Okay? Right? Let's go back to months for a second. That's yeah. 91 McDoubles a month extra you're paying <laughs> for the same house. Month over month. All right. Buying a house That's a month. <laughs> buying a house February 2nd versus March 2nd. You're you're spending an extra 91 McDoubles a month on this you house. You try going out to have a beer now, with Major. It's always how many McDoubles. <laughs> I could have three McDoubles for that beer. I got to tell you, back in my day, <laughs> yo, yo, back in college, everything was like, we, we placed the value of everything on McDoubles, right? Like 99 cents, <laughs> round up to a dollar, right? Is that a dollar? No, it's a McDouble, right? And if you were being kinky, it was a McChicken, right? Do I look at the average price of McDouble the other day? It's like two fifty two. Like, hot damn. Dude, I wouldn't invest in McDoubles. Yeah. I wouldn't invest in McDoubles. That's how you McDouble your money. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I still... Compared to like what the Big Macs cost now too, because Big Macs used to be like what six bucks. Uh, sure, yeah, the meal. So, but just yeah, are just Canadian dollars. Getting like no, but getting like um, two McDoubles used to always be cheaper than the the Big Mac. Still yeah. true. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, have you ever had a McGangbang? Yes. That's the best. Junior chicken McDouble. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a junior chicken with tomato, it's actually really, really good. 
Ooh, a tomato. That is. Yeah. That is yeah, tomatoes. That, I knew you guys could grow tomatoes yeah. up north. What? Do you, what? I thought it was just beets and other shit that was gross and grew in the ground. I love beets. No, nope. do a lot of corn actually locally here. Oh, we call that maize here in the states. <laughs> do not. <laughs> no one calls it that. But guys, two thousand seven hundred and sixty dollars extra a year because your lazy ass decided to buy a house in March versus February. Guys, that's a yeah, four day cruise for you and your wife. Every yep. anniversary for the next 30 years, right? Now, now to, to, to really drive this fucking shit home, because this is all a fucking scam, right? Go out and burn your local Congress building tomorrow. Congressperson. Uh, yeah, instead of mailing your congressman, burn down your local Congress building. But that's obviously yeah. a joke and not financial advice. Unless you, <laughs> unless you short it. <laughs> um. But guys, if you invested $2,760 into Apple 30 years ago, right? The length of the mortgage, you'd be mm -hmm. up 36,000% or roughly wow. $1 million. $1 million. Jeez. I'm not saying you invest $2,760 every year for the next 30 or over the last 30 years. I'm saying 30 fucking years ago, right? 1993. You take that $2,760 you put in Apple instead of your fucking mortgage, right? Million dollars. Bam, wham, thank you, ma'am. Hmm. This is why I'm living in a box for the rest of my life. Yeah. Aren't, aren't we all? Just putting it in the stock market. I'll be the richest homeless man on Wall Street. Hey, man, there's a recession every six years. Uh, oh, I get what you're saying now. 100%. Dude, if I wasn't married, every, every, every dollar that wasn't going towards... <laughs> Uh, ramen or multivitamins? Ramen and Coke. Ramen and multivitamins. <laughs> oh, cocaine. Yeah, definitely not Coca-Cola. <laughs> Maybe Coke stock. Yeah. That seemed to be extremely resilient in 2022. Yeah, the only thing I buy is Coke stock and cocaine. Honestly, I don't know what Coke's price has been. Um, Which one? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, the company, the, <laughs> the drink, stock? the beverage. The, then the I'm, beverage. Honestly, yeah. I'm honestly not sure why you're bringing it up now on our stock podcast. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. This Thank is you. not about <laughs> investing. Thank you. Fit, th th I can't, Fit, thanks for taking that out. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, welcome well, to welcome to our stocks podcast. I, I haven't looked at any stocks today. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready to start the podcast? Yeah, that's the cold open. Let's oh, go. No. That's a cold open. Do it. Uh, and yes. we'll cue the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Roots Report by Roots Research, LLC. Everything discussed in this podcast should be considered to be disinterested commentary between hosts. This is not financial advice, as we are not financial advisors. Please be sure to share, follow us on Twitter, Spotify, and join our Discord. Links are in the description below. This has been The Roots Report, and stay rooted.